0: The following podcast contains some strong language and some very average opinions. Any references to actual people are wildly inaccurate. It's probably best if you don't listen at all. The Roaring Peacock Podcast. Welcome back to The Roaring Peacock Podcast. This is a bonus uh episode where we are speaking to i'm sure you've guessed it already from the title robert molinar um the terminator um so to introduce him i'd like to introduce stats you know him as at lefc stats of course my name's adonis and you know me as at the adelaide so stats have you got some stats for us i uh-huh.
1: have yes sir molinar we, we've We've got with us a very special celebrity ex Leeds United player. 65 games for Leeds United between, uh, I think, January 97 and December 1998. his debut marking Emil Heskey in a 3 0 victory at home to Leicester City. It's a very, very special warm welcome to terminate himself. Good evening, Robert Molina.
2: Good evening. I thought I'd I played more games actually for Leeds, but there will go.
1: Yes. 65
0: so. games. Some um, friendlies, maybe?
2: Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think I've tried to count it out and the, the, I thought it was 75, but I'm not sure. Maybe I'm completely. Uh, I, I trust your stats better than mine.
1: We try. We try. I'd like to sort of take you back to January 97. Obviously, George Graham had just taken over from Howard Wilkinson uh, the previous September. Leeds are sort of struggling in the wrong half of the table. You're also at FC Bollendam. How did the move to Leeds sort of come about, Robert?
2: Oh, that was quite special because I was on trial at Spurs at that moment in time. We had a winter break in Holland, and that was, uh, uh, and I I remember that there were, I think, three clubs that were interested uh, Middlesbrough. Um, uh, Spurs and, and Leeds and I think Leeds were the ones that uh, came to our stadium to watch me play uh, but there was what, two different agents that one agent wanted me <clears throat> to go to uh, Spurs but I had to go on trial there so I was happy to go on trial and there was a time where Ramon Vega and Scales John Scales, Scales yes uh, were both going to Spurs right before uh, right before me, and Leeds were interesting interested in those players as well, and they thought they were missing out on number three as well. So uh, they came with an offer, and I think on the Thursday I travelled from London into Leeds uh, by plane, and um, on the Thursday I was training, and on the Friday I was making my debut against uh, Leicester. So it it really, you know, came about very quick, uh, very sudden. And um, there were times in that period that I had to pinch myself, um, you know, what was happening to me, and I couldn't believe it.
0: It's an interesting game that won your debut. Um, so you lined up with Mark Jackson, who, of course, now is the under-23s coach. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. gone into coaching as well. and playing for Leicester that day was Simon Grayson.
2: Right. I don't know that. I know that. <laughs> I, I only know Heskey. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> at that point. And, um, yeah, it, it, it was very special because it was, uh, there wasn't any time to worry. You just have to uh, to dive in. I had to get used to zonal marking the day before because we were used to men marking at the back Uh which they do now under uh, the, the, the coach now, Rielsa. Um, but uh, and then uh, uh, zonal marking was totally new for me. So I had one session to get me uh, in shape. I, I remember David Weatherall done a great job uh, doing that. And um, uh, we just went in and, um, and, and, and it all went from there. It was a great game, great start, man of the match. Uh, I came from Volendam, which is a very small club, although we we played premier level. uh, But everybody thought, yeah, you don't have any international uh, uh, experience. Uh, You're not an international player uh, playing for your country. So what is he doing in the premiership? And then after the game, I was man of the match and I was a bargain for the, the amount of money they paid for me, but so that was good—a good entrance.
1: And what was it like playing under George Graham? Because I know he was a strict disciplinarian. We, we had to bring obviously defenders in at that point to keep us away from some sort of the relegation scrap. I know he kept a lot of clean sheets as well under George.
2: Well, I, uh, obviously, I was over the moon uh, uh, having to sign in the Premier League uh, with Leeds, <laughs> um, and George was very. Um, gave great structure to uh, defence and stopping the opposition from playing. And I think that was the first thing to do uh, uh, because I remember when signing, Ian McNeil was the chief scout and he said, we have to stay up first. That's the first assignment. And then we're going to build on from that. So we, we just... You know, went from defense and and trying to get the players in that could also score goals um, uh, later on, and and uh, so uh, six months after that, uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank came uh, and a few other uh, signing. I think Alfie and yeah. So uh, and from that, we we um, more and more we wanted to play, and I think uh, when George went to Spurs. Uh, and David O'Leary take, took over, that was the time that um, uh, we had far more initiative instead of only trying to stop opposition. And uh, so the focus came more on um, having the initiative and, and, and play and having more youngsters, more position play on training. And, and in training on the George was more working with the back four uh, uh, One on ones in midfield. I remember those sessions and loads of running. So uh, we, we were fit. We were fit. So that was that was uh, and strong. So um, that was good. But but I think O'Leary took it a step further when when he joined uh, when he brought in youngsters and that could that could play football.
0: So I want to ask you about the, the, the plane crash in a, in a second and then and then I want to talk about like goals and and how Leeds changed over time. But just when you arrived, um when you arrived at Leeds, that dressing room, so Lee Bowyer, Nigel Martin, David Weatherall, Rod Wallace, even Ian Rush was was there for a short time, Tony DiRigo still there, and Gary Kelly and um a lot of these players. So how, what was that dressing room like? and what were the characters like in there? How was, how was being in, in that squad at that time?
2: It was uh, obviously, uh, you know, what, when I said uh, pinching myself, um, one of those things were, were the, the players I played with. So uh, we had our um, uh, Thomas Brolin. I only knew mm-hmm. from, I, I remember, because I had two coaching badges, uh, uh, got two coaching badges before I came to England. And I remember had, having to analyse Parma against Ajax. And Brolin was playing for Parma. So he was more or less uh, a god for me. And then all of a sudden, um, when we... Uh, I, I remember once we I sat in a car with him, uh, with uh, Carlton Palmer, who obviously had 25 caps, um, yes. with um, Ian Rush. And I was on the phone with a mate of mine that I played with. So, and he asked me, uh, "What are you doing?" And I and I was saying that I was driving with them. And you know, he couldn't believe it. You know, <laughs> going from Volendam uh, and and you know, playing with vir- virtually nobodies, uh, and then going into a dressing room with with these characters and and these um, qualities was very special very special indeed
0: okay so let's take you to the 30th of march 1998 then um we probably wouldn't be talking about this game if what happened afterwards didn't occur but west ham three league united nil the team that day martin kelly alfie harland jimmy floyd hasselbank bruno Ribeiro, lee Boyer, weatherall haller hart hayden Maybury, Wallace, and yourself, of course. Beanie McPhail, Matthews on the bench. Um, There was George Graham. There was David O'Leary. There was Peter Risdale. There was also Bryn Law and Norman Hunter. Not a great game. I'm reading a match report from from leads-fans.org.uk. I'm not sure who wrote this. I think it was... Oh, John Lee. There you go. Um, so he actually gave you basically man of the match for us. Um, there's some notes here for a header alone. He gave you seven out of ten for a header alone in the second half when he was about thirty feet off the ground. Astonishing! Exclamation mark. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um, Go on.
0: Not. Not a, so uh, far. not a game to remember, let's say. Um, but what happened afterwards uh, uh, is the whole reason why we're bringing this up. So the British Aerospace 748 set off from Stansted Airport, 12.20am. So shortly after takeoff, there was an emergency. Some The aircraft had an explosion. It caught fire. Um, the, the pilot had to... Break protocol and immediately land back on the platform Yeah. normally they would circle around and afterwards he said that if they'd have circled around uh the engine would have exploded he he, he would have guessed um so that's as close to um you know mortality as, as you can get
2: how was that then Let, let's talk about that um, I can't remember anything about that game, not even the header uh, getting thirty feet off the of the of the ground. And I also could not remember that we were off the ground with the plane. Um, apparently, we were uh, four hundred feet in the air, or three or four hundred feet in the air, and and he set it back down again. Uh, and I thought we never lost the uh, left the ground. Um, I was told that we were very lucky that we weren't on Stansted because the runways uh, are longer there because of the um, you know the, the big plane uh, Concorde was able to uh, to depart there and and land there uh, in 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 London. Uh, but anyway, at the moment, I was right next to the engine that exploded, so I I think I was the first one that said that there was a fire um so from that um things were put into motion and um there was a a bit of a panic i remember peter richdale sitting in front of the um uh the the aircraft and his son was sitting in the back and he he was he was trying to get out and and obviously he sort of Panic started and I remember shouting out that everybody had to stay in a seat and stay, stay calm. Um, and I think that that is what happened. And and we were just waiting that the plane was back to standstill. Um, being, being with a nose uh, and that these are images afterwards, being with his nose on the ground and his tail up in the air, uh, uh, we, we were trying to get out of the left-hand side of the uh, airplane because the right-hand side was, was uh, getting more fire uh, when you eventually got to a standstill. And I remember uh, grabbing my coat and my handbag because everybody was, was carrying just this, the, the toilet bag and, uh, from the game. Mm-hmm. And I got out at the front, one of the last ones out of the front. But I remember uh, Stephen McPhail saying that he was uh, trying to get out of the back. But there was a, uh, a sponsor who was uh, quite large and he didn't want to jump all the way down. So Stephen uh, gave him a push. And the, uh, the guy who I got had uh, came in contact on LinkedIn later on broke his vertebra and he spent he spent uh, 6 months in a hospital uh, recovering from that and uh, he was he was living in the same lane i was living in on on um, on Bing lane and uh, in scarcroft so um but we, i think we were quite relaxed when when it all happened and not so much panicky like you, you would imagine if, if if you are saying you know you, you come close to uh, mortality and 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 death but i think we 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 took it as it came and we we never really uh, got so much in panic that we you know fr- froze or we just st- stayed calm got out of the plane i think we got we got out of the plane st- stood maybe Hundred fifty yards away from the plane, maybe even too close. If it if it would all you know gone gone up, it, it might have been too close even still. And I remember hugging uh, um, Nigel, uh, Nigel Martin, and he's saying that we, we got lucky, we got lucky today. And um, and and then then we were just you know how do we going to tell? Um, Uh, people back home what happened so um, I I remember I have to be really relaxed when I call my wife and say you know don't don't panic for her so I was very in control when I was on the phone and saying well uh, it's all going to be a little bit later we we've been in a a plane crash nothing happened Uh, we're coming back on the on the coach so we're going to be home later than you expect and she was she was just you know okay that's that's fine and then in the morning after she saw on television what had happened and she couldn't believe how easy we were how how calm i was and and uh, so she developed a fear of flying and i'm i'm not too bothered so <laughs> i don't know if that's sane or healthy but i just came through it all right i think
0: that must have brought you you guys together, that squad, closer together, no? Yeah,
2: yeah. I, since the day I signed, I think it was like a remarkable um, uh, dressing room with especially uh, uh, Nigel Martin, uh, who, who took me literally by the hand, with David Weatherall, uh, same, uh, but also Gary Kelly, who was the clown and the... And, uh, uh, a leader as well as like a like a social leader you know uh, uh, taking the group uh, together uh, doing all sorts of things but when the when we had to work uh, in training we worked uh, but when we had you know some time to relax he took the group and 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 we we had a good time so it was um a, a group that socialized together as well as Performed. They made me feel so at home from the very first uh, second I was on the training ground. They made me feel so much at home. Uh, I took a lesson from that because I think we could we could have done with that a little bit more when I was at Volendam and we had some Serbian players coming in, and, Mm -hmm. and and you know we were maybe a little bit more suspicious towards those kind of players. Where I came to Leeds and you were one of the guys from from the start, and that is a lesson I've learned from that
0: I mean we've had some comments um on, on Twitter when we uh, sort of advertised that you were coming on and people were saying you know right from the start when you were mum marking Emil Hesky you know and you you booted the booted the ball into the cop make a clearance um and just showed. That steel and that grit right from the start, that right. a lot of a lot of people made the same very similar comments that they took you straight to their heart straight away.
2: Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Did you
0: feel that from the from the crowd as well from Obvious. the city?
2: Yes. Well, um, we foreigners look towards the English um, supporters. In general, as the way it should be, you know, with 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 your heart and with everything you've got, you support your team. And I think we we in Holland, especially in Holland, we can take an example of that um, uh, that attitude. It, it's not in in Holland. You're still you know you're still a human being just like everybody else. And in England, you can you can be a star, and it's a cultural thing but they make you feel like a, a star like you you more than anybody else and that is something that can lift you up tremendously and uh, I've I've enjoyed that very much and 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 look back on that you know with with um hoping that you know you can you can enjoy that sometimes again later on in life but you know when when that happened it was it was just uh, uh, beautiful. I, I remember passing a ball from uh, one side to the other side with my outside right foot, and the crowd went up. and And um, and and I thought, this is this is great. You know, when you when you give away uh, a, a tackle, and it, uh, it will be a, a corner kick, and and everybody is cheering because you you you, you made that tackle. So they, they do spear you on to greater heights than uh, anywhere else in the world, I think. And that was great, great at Leeds. I feel so sorry for everyone cannot, you know, being back yeah. in the Premier League and not being able to visit those games. It must be horrendous.
1: I just want to take you back to one of your goals that you scored. It's uh, Super Sunday uh, away at Blackburn Rovers. I think Blackburn the top of the league. Uh, Sunny, very sunny day. Uh, I think Leeds are taking an early lead through Rod Wallace. We get a corner from the right hand side. Gary Clay takes the corner. and I think it's a side foot volley into the top corner past Tim Flowers. What do you remember about that one?
2: (laughs) Well, I remember everything because I saw it back on on YouTube. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I also remember it because it was a, a, a game where so many things happened because the I think the end score was the score at mm-hmm. halftime.
1: That's right, yes. Yeah.
2: So, uh, and, and I remember giving away a penalty. I, I might have been able to give two penalties away. I got a yellow card. Uh, so um I got substituted at half time so, um, yeah, yeah, so um scoring and and all the, all those mixed emotions um w- were brought back to me via the internet um, and and I've, I've seen it all back. Um, and it was it was a good goal. It was a moment where, you know you you, you don't have time to think all of a sudden, the ball goes over his head, and and you, you can only do one thing is is put your foot against the ball, and and it went in top corner, which was was great, and I was maybe just as surprised as everybody else uh, cheering the way I did uh, at that moment. I just stood still and put my hand on, and and, and that was it. So uh, a great memory, and and uh, my kids look back at it, and and they they have to laugh and and. Uh, and then I tell them that I had to be substituted at halftime as well.
0: <laughs> Can you tell me some of your like, best moments? Or like, maybe if there's one like, particularly spine-tingling moment, You know, walking out onto the Ellen Road pitch and hearing that roar? The,
2: the, the best roar is right before oh. kickoff. Hmm. That's the, the, the best roar uh, in the world. Oh. Um, everybody's getting excited, excited. Uh, maybe even you know, um, when you you uh, clear the pitch after the warm-up, uh, the the stadium is not not completely filled up, and then you come back, and then everybody's in his seat and and ready to go, and then right before, uh, I always also were always what I think was special. We always ran onto the pitch, you know, clapping the supporters. We were we were always running on, and now everybody, you know, they 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 walk onto the middle of the pitch and then wave. Mm-hmm. But we were always, you know, more energetic to go on, and uh, and from that moment, you know, you, you got into your 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 focus and and what you have to do, and then you know that final roar right in the second before seconds before kickoff is is very special. Obviously, my debut is very special um everything that happened for the first time you know you, you, you can remember um but also uh, i think on the top of the list is also game games against um maritimo but but especially against roma where where we played against one of the uh, top players in, in in europe at that point in time uh, totti uh, i i got his shirt even so yeah. um so those are those are uh, moments uh, getting man of the match against uh, Newcastle, Alan Shearer. Um, those are you know moments that you, you, you. I'm I'm not able to get back every minute of the game, but just you know the the, the memories probably uh, just stick into your brain, and and those are the the top three, I think.
1: I just want to take you back to obviously, sadly, your last game, well, your last competitive game in a lead shirt, uh, was away, I think it was away at Arsenal uh, just before Christmas in December '98. Obviously, David O'Leary had come in and taken the reins from George Graham. what do you sort of remember about that game at all? Uh,
2: was that my injury? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, was that my last game? Yeah. Last yeah. Game. Right. Um, I remember from that game. Not so so many things. It's a long time ago, isn't it? Yes. But, um, obviously, doing my cruciate at that point was mm-hmm. um, an elka coming from. Uh, I, I, I remember getting the ball off him, and I thought I would I would have to deal with him on my left, uh, coming from my uh, behind. Uh, so I I dribbled with the ball on my right, and then he came on my right. So I tried. To, to protect the ball with my with my leg. And he ran, more or less ran into it. And that made made it, um, uh, I made, uh, gone over my knee uh, and, and done the cruciate with a, a hell of a lot of pain and having 20, 20 months or so recovery because the, the, the one that, the cruciate that was repaired broke after three months. So it, it just took much longer um and i i can't I th- i'm not even sure if it was before half time or after half time so um i remember that was there was an x-ray machine uh at arsenal um and and um i think i'm not sure if they, if they x-rayed me but and I, I more or less knew that there wasn't a lot of coming from that, but it took only the day after, or, or even two days after, going into um, surgery or uh, seeing the uh, uh, Mister Bollen who operated on me, and and um, and knowing that it was a cruciate ligament injury. So obviously that was des- devastating. But I can't I can't really re- remember a lot. I know that Analka played because obviously yeah. was the one that. Um, accidentally uh, knocked me over and um, uh, but other than that I, c- I can't remember a lot from that game
1: I know you kind of made the bench for some of the Champions League games but did you kind of get a feeling with the, the signings that Leeds were making the likes of Rio Ferdinand and Don Matteo that your yeah. time may be up at Ellen Road?
2: Yeah, uh, I remember um, because it was after 17 months, mm-hmm. I was on the, on the machine, Biodex machine, yeah. where I still had 50% of strength in one uh, uh, in my uh, injured leg. So I took a little bit more. Uh, I, I got my own physiotherapist. I, I, I uh, had the physiotherapy during the summer, trying to get back before the season started, the Champions League season. And... The, and, and uh I, I made that work but obviously it was you know it was almost 20 months so and i always had to have it from strength uh and i was just not not fit enough and in the meantime leeds has done so much growing uh, yeah. with with the uh, the players uh, michael Dubry came in uh but also um and that was before um, I signed an extension because mm-hmm. there was a um, obviously my con- contract ran out and and they gave me an extension. Uh, so I could prove myself that was my uh, my goal. Uh, and I think it was uh, the club's goal to maybe even got, get a little bit of money for me uh, trying to sell me on. So when I got fit, Right before the season, David O'Leary came to me and he said, um, You can go to Wimbledon uh, um, or you're happy to stay. Um, and and I, I remember it was, I think it was right after or shortly after the uh, Munich 19, uh, 1860 uh, um, game uh, that we won. And then we had to go out to Middlesbrough, I think. And I was on the bench on the bench in the uh, the the qualifier, and then I made a decision trying to go for my chances at Leeds. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: From that point in time, I went to the stands instead of. uh, So it was, I think, it was more an extension on my contract to sell me on, Mm than they you know they had really plans with me, and I just you know I was just trying to make it back into the Leeds squad and Leeds team knowing that was going to be difficult and then on top of that um, uh, Rio uh, came in. Yeah. So the, the line I was on got thinner and thinner and then I said to my um, agent that it might be better to look for uh, another club and then and Bradford came in and I think it was number f- number five Leeds, uh, uh, Leeds player that went to uh, went to Bradford and it was all very convenient and and Premier League at that point. So, um, that was better for me at that point, although, um, you know, staying at Leeds would have obviously preferred, but with a goal at the end and and not uh, with with a manager that, you know, probably wanted to sell me on anyway. So, um, but that was, that was fine. You know, I had a brilliant time and I would, do it all over again even with the plane crash with the uh, knee injury uh, I would do it all again and, and maybe even do it more consciously so you can you know when you when you look back you more or less have regrets not you, you're very much focused on performance and preparing and and not so much the complete you know overall dream you're living with 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 all the intention with all the players you play against, with all the players you play with, uh, some of them, so, some of the memories, you know, you, they just go because you you don't pay attention enough at that moment.
0: In hindsight, we we should have kept you, to be honest. We shouldn't have bought Rio. It no? was, went financially bad for us. I think if we'd have <laughs> kept a, a hold of a few, um, a few players instead of trying to buy the world...
2: Um, well, that was the downfall, wasn't it? So, so yeah. um, but when you uh, you have a goal of uh, getting into the Champions League every time, you have to move up in the world. Uh, I, I can uh, you know I can appreciate that, but uh, I have to be honest. After my knee injury, I was not the the player I was before that because it just, I just I remember my first game at Bradford, and uh, I had to had I think it was Spurs or something, and I had to sprint, and I thought having that ball, I can have that ball. And I came, I came short like two yards or something, which I think I would have easily have done that before my knee injury. So it took me another six months to get even a little bit back from the speed and strength I had before my knee injury. The other thing I would
0: say just on, on what you, what you said, um, the premier league dodged a bullet there because, uh, it could have been Vinnie Jones and Robert Molinar at Wimbledon, and <laughs> that would have been some team, I tell you, the crunching tackles that would have been going on.
2: Yeah, he was, he was something special, wasn't he? Yeah,
0: certainly was. Um, Sas, did you have anything before? Because yeah, I just yeah to I'm guessing,
1: me. Robert, you must be delighted to see Leeds back in, back in the big time right. after so long and, and sort of holding their own in the Premier League. It's
2: brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I've got some fans living it with me. My sons. We, we went back in, I think, nine, uh, uh, 17, 2017. Came back and watched the game. Was a nil-nil at home, <laughs> uh, one league below. <laughs> um, and then Yelzer uh, made it, and yep. we all were uh, thrilled because obviously, when when I was playing, my oldest was not old enough to remember. Uh, sitting on the stands uh, and now coming back seeing what kind of culture and what kind of atmosphere it is in such a stadium in such a league and getting the team back up like gels has done is is such a joy uh, and and uh, also we feel so sorry uh, f- for you guys but also for ourselves not to be able to to come over and uh, enjoy a game in the stadium and um, and maybe, you know, relive a few memories. And um, I think they, he, he and, and, the, and the boys do a tremendous job. Um, it's very special the way they... I've, I've, I've done some coaching and, uh, coming back to Holland. Uh, I think there's a little bit of a change in, 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 in the way of playing. I think Bielsa set another, like, standard... Of, of how you know you can uh, evolve, evolve the game and um i think he's he's done tremendously I've, 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 it's brilliant it's brilliant i love it
0: okay and so just finally then um just want to ask you what you're what you're up to now so you've had a um a few different coaching roles uh, in the past sort of seven eight years yes um, where do you where do you see your future? Do you do you want to continue with coaching? Are you looking for a new uh, club?
2: Um, well, it's a bit uh, because uh, my coaching uh, career um, came off quite 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 good. Uh, being coach at Volendam, uh, the club I played, done okay, uh, done or uh, done really well. But was thanked two games uh, before the end, before the playoff. Uh, then I went down south. Uh, also, couldn't um, uh, fulfil uh, my duties, and then uh, going to um, uh, Almere. That was my latest job, and also there the expect expectancies were higher than I could I could show them. So I was dismissed there as well. So uh, the bottom line is that you know I might not be fit for this sort of uh, uh, work uh, on the other hand everywhere I, I was sent away the, the, the results were were worse than when I was there so I might have you know I, I should have, uh, I might have done something well uh, uh, okay when I was there but I think you need a bit of luck to not only you know work um, and, and do things well but also get a little bit of success if you want to make steps and with the Corona and with the um, uh, you know, the, the, I think there's a lot of clubs that, you know, struggling with money and stuff. So they're very anxious of, of you know, making the right decisions and being very careful. Uh, so yes, I'm trying to get a new coaching job, but I've been home uh, quite a long time. Ever since Corona evolved, uh, I've been at home. So uh if it's not going to be in the in the near future and, and probably you know need to be looking for something else. But I think I've got something to offer and hopefully uh who knows, maybe maybe even uh, join leads again.
0: Well I wouldn't say no, definitely not. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. <laughs> um yeah, um I
0: think yeah, you could say like the game's gone soft a little bit. Um that's a common phrase that is banded around these days. Um but if you look at somebody like Liam Cooper I'd say that uh tackles are still well and alive and I definitely think that <laughs> y- y- you would be an expert in uh, in in that um I was you know, listening when, when to- I came
2: to, when I came to Leeds, George Graham mm-hmm. uh said to me you're not you're not allowed to tackle because okay. I, got, I think I got uh in the first third we got uh, seven yellow cards, on. <laughs> so he he banned me from tackling on training. So every every time I put a foot in, he would whistle and he would give me a, a foul against, uh, which I'd not really understood at that point in time. But now, being a manager, I, yeah. I've done the same towards uh, other players on training. I have to say, uh, because you, you 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 know you need the full squad to perform, but um i think uh there there is a, a softness uh, where but i think I, I don't think in england so much but more and and, and they they're going the, the wrong way about it as well but i think still in england it's 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 much fair much more fair than anybody anywhere else so i think you're still in a on on the on the good side of things with the referees and stuff I was
0: listening to a to an interview with Thierry Henry the other day, and he was talking about his efforts in management and how it's there's a lot dependent on on the players and and the board. And he he even said like I would have been a lot easier, more forgiving on managers that manage me, that coach me in my career after being on the other side of it and and trying to do this. And there's so much more involved than he ever thought that there would be um I, yeah i think like everybody you know can go through bad projects or work with bad people or in difficult circumstances and you strike you always struck me as like a fighter who would never give up i'm sure there is a job out there for you
2: yeah well that's my positive attitude and and um, we'll, we'll we'll go with that we'll go with that any day come on
0: Right then, if you enjoyed that interview, you can catch us on Twitter at Peacock's Raw or on YouTube, the Roaring Peacock LUFC fan channel. I hope you enjoy the branding and the ads now that we've reached 1,000 subscribers. Thank you very much for that. Um, You can catch us very soon with a match preview of the Liverpool game. We're back for a match review. Hopefully it was good, as good a review to do as the Man City one, because... Wow, was that a game? So uh, it's a very goodbye from me. My name's Adonis. You can catch me at the Other on Twitter. And it's a very goodbye from Stats. Bye,
1: thank you. Good
0: night at LEFC Stats. And where can can people find you on social media, Robert?
2: Oh, not I think.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Leave him alone.
2: Leave the <laughs> man alone. No, I'm I'm very boring in, in at, at that. Uh, I, I never post anything, so I wouldn't recommend anybody following me.
1: <laughs> Robert, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up looking over the old times. Thank you so much. And, and hopefully once all this coronavirus is, is over and done with, we will hope to see you back at Allen Road sometime in the near future.
2: I will look forward to that. Moment. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Robert. Thank you. Thank you, mate. MOT. MOT it and on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Most of our stats come from LUFC stats or LEFC data on Twitter. A very special thanks to Barney Stewart, Cook, Ewan and Howard Metcalf, Josh Pearson, Laura, Leon and Rob, The Light Show, and all our family and friends. So many games to play,
1: don't care what's on your mind. I should
2: no, but I didn't think that you might.